Welcome everybody to another Cornercast podcast. Uh, I don't know. I, I guess I've been listening to many podcasts. I feel like saying my host is my, my name. <laughs> I'm your host, Cleo Kotap. Um, so what's going on this week? So Cornercast podcast, I know we're a little bit late. We've been kind of running a little bit late. Um, work and life and everything's just been kind of a little busier than normal uh, this summer. So we are still sticking to one a week. Uh, but we've been missing our Thursday midnight deadline. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we'll get back to that. Um, this is going to be a short intro or every time I say that it's going to be a short intro. It never is a short intro. So we'll try to make it a short intro tonight. Um, cause I'm exhausted. I'll be, I'll admit it. it's Friday night. I worked, I don't know, 12 hour day yesterday and, um, been playing catch up. Uh, ever since and try and wrap up summer stuff at my day job and then got word that all these new toys are out so Bill and I have been running around trying to get them and we did uh, my bedroom looks like Santa's workshop at the moment there is limited amount of space for the people in this room right now because the toys have taken over uh, right now I'm looking at a Killer Croc figure. I'm looking at a Starfire. I'm looking at Beast Boy and the Incredible Hulk and uh, Thundercracker and uh, Iron Man Infinity Gauntlet, a World War II Captain America, Dick Grayson Batman, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles San Diego set, the Karate Kid figures from NECA. Thank you, NECA, for sending those over for us to review. We're going to be getting to those shortly. Uh, Transformers and Marvel and DC and just about everything. I feel very overwhelmed with the amount of figures uh, that I own <laughs> in this room alone uh, that happened in the last week. So that's what's been going on with us. We have been shopping, over shopping. Thanks to our friends at Mike's Comics and stuff. Check them out on the web. There'll be a link in the podcast to them. Our sponsor sent us over 75% of what I'm looking at right now. Uh, so go to him for all your needs. My Commissioner Gordon's coming tomorrow from Mezco, or this weekend, whenever this airs. Uh, I think John Stewart's coming next week, so we're going to have those to take a look at. And I've been slacking. I'll admit it. Like, between my voice being out and then all life and work stuff, it's just been kind of crazy. So I admit Instagram and Facebook and Twitter probably have been a little neglected. Uh, we've been posting our new finds, so we've been finding the Mario figures and Ronda Rousey. Shout out to um, the Mattel team for their great work on those and uh, all the stuff that we've been seeing in stores as well as the Marvel team. But So today's podcast, I should probably tell you what today's podcast is. So today's podcast is our interview from San Diego Comic-Con with the Star Wars team. And I touched on this a little bit last week, but... I figured I'd get a little more into it. I think the hardest part for us is the secrecy that goes on now with the Marvel and Star Wars movies. Nobody wants to spill things, and Disney can be litigious at times. And I get it. They don't want their movies spoiled. Even though they spoil them in their own commercials, they want to control that narrative. So nothing gets out early. I mean, the thoughts were... <coughs> Excuse me. The thoughts were when we were watching the slideshow, we were like, "Oh, we'll see Bespin, Bespin, uh, Luke, or sorry, Dagobah, Luke training Luke, and maybe we'll see some other figures." Return of the Jedi, Luke. We haven't seen the Jabba's Palace version of him really. Um, 
Ewoks. I'm always begging for Ewoks. There are characters. There's Zeb from, um, uh, I can't remember Rebels. Rebels, yes, Star Wars Rebels. Um, the Ezra Show. I I watched it very sporadically. Uh, there were a lot of options for us to see figures, and I understand that. I guess the point is, what we're going to see at the end of the year is all going to be focused on the new property. So, of course, they're not going to show us anything, but it's a shame that they didn't do what Marvel does, uh, or Transformers, where they split the line, where it's movie, current movie, current property, uh, whether it's The Mandalorian or whether it's Rise of Skywalker, uh, whatever it is, it would have been better if they had balanced that out with original trilogy or uh, the second trilogy or the new movie and balance that out so that collectors have that space. The problem is they don't have, I guess they don't have as much, in some ways they don't have as much retail space as Marvel. So whereas Marvel Legends can have an X-Men peg or two and then an Avengers peg and then a Spider-Man peg and then retro pegs and then 10th anniversary, they have all those options. Star Wars just has the Black Series and then the Vintage Collection. But I mean, maybe the vintage collection is where they could have shined at San Diego. They could have showed off a lot more unless, again, they're going to just put all the eggs in one basket. And that's all we're going to see for a few months, whether it's the last wave of this year or the four, the triple force Friday wave coming in October, September, October. And then maybe first waves of 2020 uh, might also revolve around the movie. And maybe those will be the spoiler figures that we'll learn about after we've seen the movie. So so that all that to say, most of the fans that were in the panel were disappointed. Uh, in the interview, I tried to be courteous and try to not ask pointed questions and not trying not to get canned answers. Like we want to know if the Rancor was possible that we saw at San Diego Comic-Con in that nice diorama. We wanted to know if those were hints you know, seeing Bib Fortuna in full figure form in the Black Series scale, but no announcement on him. So we were trying to get some of those answers, like whether those were teases for the fans, because Marvel does that. They, they throw things in and says, maybe you'll see it, maybe you won't. This is a custom figure. We're not going to do it. They have that, but Star Wars was just not budging. There was not much you can say. And I sat through a couple panels of Star Wars uh, merchandise, before the Hasbro panel and it was all the same it was all tight-lipped very very secretive people were sitting up there sweating a little bit maybe so that was interesting except the guy next to me who kept dozing off and falling onto the nice woman next to him who was not with him so if you're going to go to a panel stay awake <laughs> um yeah I don't know I, I I I wish I had more to tell you the, the interview is interesting. I, I'm not going to say it's not interesting. I think the interview is interesting. It was nice to, to have face-to-face with the new team since Steve left. Uh, we miss you, and you still owe me an Ewok. But uh, <clears throat> but it was still nice to see the work that they do in the diorama, the love for the line that they have, the opportunities they have since Toys R Us closed, and the new ways that they're getting figures out, whether it's Walgreens, Amazon exclusives like The Emperor, Walgreens exclusives like Obi-Wan in the clone armor. 
those opportunities are there. And I think that the barge, uh, the skiff, the three pack of skiff guards, I think all those things, Jabba's Palace diorama, I think they're swinging for the fences as far as larger scale things for collectors. I don't know if Black Series is going to get the same love, you know, with large scale things, but at least we can have it in the vintage line and in the, in the 3.5 line. We asked about five POA figures, and right now all they would say is go to the Galaxy Adventure figures, the little tubes that you see at Walmart and Target. That's their line, and then they're going to do a five inch line that's uh, reminiscent to. It reminds me, scale-wise, it reminds me of the 5-inch lower-end kind of kids line for Avengers. But it's got some action features, so they're fun. I I think they look like fun. But for all of us Star Wars collectors, we want that 3.75 scale. And there's no word on that past the vintage collection, uh, which we didn't see a lot of. So... But they did not get out of the park with the Boba Fett helmet. So the higher end things for us. So the helmet and the Luke's um, X-Wing helmet. So I'm rambling. So before I just give away the whole interview, I'll let you guys listen to it. So thank you again for following us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. We are at Caster's Corner. Remember to check us out, casterscorner.com. Remember to support our sponsor, Mike's Comics and stuff. Links are going to be in this podcast as well as on our page. You can find them there. And remember to like and share and review our podcast and subscribe. We need subscribers. The more subscribers we do, the better we look, the better we look, the bigger names we can get on here. Uh, we have podcasts coming up with a lot of people we're really excited about and we're just going to keep going. So this week will be Star Wars. Next week we'll do Marvel. And then the week after that, we got some surprises for you. And moving into September, I know they say this all the time, but we're going to do some more giveaways. I am cleaning out the workshop. So anything that does not fit, this is my museum talk, does not fit in the scope of our collection is out. Uh, so we're going to be doing surprise boxes. Sometimes they'll be filled with Nerf products. Sometimes they'll be Marvel Legends. Sometimes they'll be old figures that we're just, we don't need. We did a review on them and we're ready to give them out. Some of the things that we haven't even opened yet. So they're brand new. So we'll be doing that too. So thank you. Remember to follow us on all our social media platforms at Caster's Corner. Remember to subscribe and like us on all Stitcher and Apple Play or Google Play and Apple iTunes podcasts. And thank you to Mike's Comic Stuff for sponsoring yet another fabulous set of reviews coming up in the next few weeks on Instagram and Twitter. And Facebook will be posting them all up. So without further ado, it this interview is between me and the Star Wars design team at San Diego Comic-Con 2019. the mics awesome. um, picks up pretty good so just talk normal Great. should be good um, so I know you guys can't talk about a lot I mean the panel kind of showed that like you guys I, I get it. like we have a big movie release later in the year um, so looking at other things and kind of how like production has gone for you guys yeah. you guys put a custom rancor in the pit mm-hmm. um, 
and there's a few custom droids and there's a bib fortuna in the back yeah. um how do those kind of fit into your like your overall plan as to testing out fan reaction versus testing out production of getting those into the line and um and and something big like that for a black series we don't usually see that so how's that great fan reaction yeah you know a big part of it i'd say everything in this playset really kind of spawned from the the sail barge itself for a lot of people it's the first time they're actually seeing a production piece in person because we really only shared it publicly at toy fair uh last year when we were initially kicking off the concept so um, you know, and really just sort of being able to celebrate all the great product that spawned because of the success of the barge. Going and doing the vintage skiff, being able to do a lot of the new figure packs and, you know, exclusives that really all come together because of that barge being kind of the keystone item. Um, and ultimately wanted to be able to celebrate that, but also be able to celebrate with something um, kind of big for our six inch collectors. You know, as we put these dioramas together, these are absolutely about being, you know, fan driven passion projects from the team. Um, you know, Hasbro, and so when we're putting these together, it's just about having kind of like that great showpiece. Like two years ago, when we built one, we put together like a six-inch scale Millennium Falcon, right. and just sort of all these great like interior bits to really be able to kind of play out these scenes for these characters. Um, and again, on this, just being able to help further tell that story that's all happening because of the events of the barge there. So, you know, it becomes a really nice showpiece in terms of just getting engagement, getting people to come down, talk, and, you know, finding out, you know, is this really a product that warrants being part of the line? Is there, uh, you know, a potential for something like this to succeed? And I would say it sounds like an overwhelming yes coming out of the convention here. So we, uh, we were absolutely thrilled. We love talking with you guys about it. And there's, you know, just having you guys find kind of all the Easter eggs we've hidden uh, throughout it um, and coming back to us. So, yeah. Um, now, if you were to do something Rancor size in the future, um, is that something that you guys would try at retail? Or is that something that you're looking for either crowdfunding or doing on a pulse basis for you guys? You know, I'm not sure where those fit yeah. in anymore because yeah. they're harder to sell at retail. There's yeah. not as many retailers. Yeah around so so where does that kind of larger scale like the tie fighter you guys did um where do those kind of fit in for you guys now going forward if if again if yeah i mean if we were to do those yeah you know i think you kind of hit the nail on the head that the landscape has changed and it's an opportunity you know as we saw with the sail barge to do those things um in a HasLab or other type environment like that um as a way to bring those special items to life you know, I think it it's ends up being kind of a, a really great thing for the Black Series to be able to have this other venue to be able to make things like this happen, as well as for the Vintage Collection and really all of our brands here. You know, in terms of the reliance on, you know, shelf depth and being able to dedicate a box, really, um, you know, put parameters on being able to deliver the item the way we want and really with the way the, the fans are expecting it. So I think now more than ever, we have opportunities to do a lot more with that. And uh, certainly, you know, something like the Rancor could be a very great potential candidate for something like that. Do like the bigger, larger scale, like the helmets, um, the prop things that you guys do, does that help you guys sell that to retailers? Um, like to do larger scale stuff to say, hey, we're taking up this much landscape um, and they're selling. So does that help in other avenues uh, for I you? I see what you're saying. I mean, I think too, you know, a lot or all of our retailers also have a dot-com you know, yeah. presence as well. So, you know, there are opportunities with them as well as okay. we look across the line. Um, I wouldn't say one necessarily shows right. the other. I think it's more just what's right for, for them. And how, 
I've asked this in the past and I, I've seen it more now. Um, how are you guys doing looking at like how other things are doing? Like, um, has uh, Legends did the uh, army builder packs, but instead of just doing like just the one figure, they gave you all the different parts. So looking at different, um, I mean, you guys have done that with the Sith Trooper, giving you all the different parts, but we haven't seen that in either alien or human form, like for type, uh, for, for uh, X-Wing fighter pilots, um, resistance fighters, things like that. Yeah. Um, we've seen just like the static one. So is, is that something that you guys have been looking or thinking about? I mean, um, it's to, definitely for both of our figure skills, there's like a natural evolution that we're continually striving. Like year over year, we want to make it deliver better. We want to, you know, push the boundaries. We want to introduce things like photo reel. We want to be doing more, uh, you know, in terms of offering more premium aesthetic pleasing uh, articulation for our figures that really is able to deliver the same range of motion without really having things like unsightly breaks and pins. Mm -hmm. um, so you'll be seeing a lot more in that. Uh, in the line as we uh, kind of showcase with the, the Dagobah Luke that we're doing uh, for the Black Series and the fan boat. Um, and so while we can't speak to any particular elements right. that we're, we're introducing, right. yeah. you know, we've had great success with, um, you know, starting to infuse a number of those things in through exclusives in the past. And I think there's certainly a potential to see stuff like that carry forward in the future. Um, it seems like five points of articulation is, is the standard for Star Wars in a lot of ways and we see that in the retro line but we're not seeing that in a normal retail line um, is that something that's going away for a while or is that something that I, because I think about it for kids and saying like they're not going to want the ones that have a lot of art necessarily um, they want something that's a little more durable and the vintage line is great for collectors but kids might not be as nice to them um, so is that 5 POA kind of in the back of your head kind of like waiting for something bigger to happen so i think in terms of that what we're looking to do is offer even more of a robust offering to our younger um, fan engagement by way of our galaxy of the galaxy ones. so you know having five point articulated figures was great and really allowed us to build out a diverse um you know offering a lot tethered around like what the latest and greatest entertainment was and now we're looking to be able to rely on that through a five inch scale um, and so what the 5-inch scale does is it offers a really robust range of articulation up to 24 points, but it's, you know, going to a larger scale, it's a, you know, a larger proportioned figure, um, which really makes it playable for kids. And then on top of that offers a fantastic play feature that's really unique to each character. So Vader being able to slash his lightsaber, yeah. Chewie being able to do a beast throw, C-3PO being able to kind of blow apart, press of a button and ultimately almost driving story, drive, uh, telling elements to the characters and really engaging a way to play with them versus uh, kind of having to you know, come up with that story on yeah. their own. Um, as you guys, uh, one of the questions I asked with Transformers, I'm kind of, it seems to be a theme is, we see the same figures over and over again. So collectors and fans have to buy, you know, you always get another, there's always an upgrade for a Luke, there's always an upgrade for a Vader. Um, as like designers how do you approach that and say we're going to sell it to them again they have to buy it for the 30th time or 50th time depending on who they are um, how does that work into challenging like designing the figure or adding features or details and and then selling it to the fans when you come to a convention like this and say we have to buy another one like we just got a you know, photo read head now yeah yeah sam can best speak to that but one thing I'd like to share is there are always new fans coming in, so being able to get a Luke Black Series 
figure if you're a right. new fan. So we have to balance that too as well. But Yeah, and I think something that's really heavily and easy to lean on in terms of whether it's Star Wars or Marvel is really taking advantage of the, you know, the wardrobe library that is. It's like having Luke Skywalker in his best Vindatiques versus having Luke Skywalker in his uh, flight suit, having him in his Jedi robes, having him in, you know, his Dagobah training outfit. Like, all of those are very different, but they're very much the same as having a big-time Spider-Man right. or, you know, future foundations. Yeah. So it's, you know, all about still being, you know, necessarily the same character, but so much of the importance of Star Wars is being able to, you know, preserve and live on through all those different variants of the costumes. Costumes themselves are, you know, really what... You know, justify making those differences in the character and I think we try to be really um, protective of not having the uh, the consumer have to buy the same version of that right. character over and over but instead you know if we put out Darth Vader there's every Vader technically has different minutiae in terms of armor variations and there's lots of different ways we can make it unique each time so whether the person already has Vader and is re-engaging or to Sarah's point just continually keeping you know, classic core characters in the line so that anyone jumping in has an opportunity to get something like e immediately recognizable um, and not necessarily be just left in a sea of tertiary. And how is it for you guys looking at like the landscape, like we talk how it changed, um, it seems like there's less places to go and physically go get stuff, but it seems like there's also more avenues to get stuff between all the different partners that you guys talk about. So how's that been for you guys looking for new ways to kind of this one gets this and this one gets that and and selling that to these different places for you guys no i mean it's actually really exciting you know with change comes new opportunities and i think we've seen the opportunity for things like haslab um retailers you know have an online presence so there's an opportunity to do different things and you know we work closely with our retailers to help um, best balance their needs as well as the needs of our consumers so it's definitely something we're thinking about and looking for new ways to to bring products to life so I'll end this with the same thing I do. I used to do with Steve every year. <laughs> I didn't wear my shirt this year. I didn't expect it. Um, I've been waiting for a Black Series Ewok since I think Steve was on the team, leading the team. I've been bike begging for it. And he's like, I will hand deliver you one when it comes out. So I'm just going to put that out there. So my that's own personal. know that you've been promised. Yes. I mean, he's like, I will deliver the box signed to you personally for you. And I said, okay, I'm going to hold you to that. And when he's like, I'm leaving, I texted him, and I'm like, you still owe it. Well, we, so, know, we, we, know, where he, we know where he resides. Yes. <laughs> so that's my that's my personal thing. Like, I would just like to see awesome. it. I mean, I, I understand that it's, you know, smaller box, smaller figure, having to sell it. But you guys have done Yoda. You've done yeah. R2. Absolutely. So I'm always going to push for that. I think in terms of an Ewok, it's, you know, certainly a great candidate to get in the line. There's absolutely, you know, no doubt about it. There's quite a large variety of them. We put things like Jawas, which I would say are far less tertiary yeah. uh, than things like Ewoks. That, so I'd say definitely, you know, we still have a lot of entertainment to lean on for the Black Series, and it's still a very new line. You right. know, it's been around for eight, eight plus years now, but in terms of when you compare it to, you know, the conglomerate of what uh, the three and three quarter inch scale has done over 40 years, right. it's we're just scratching the surface. And, yeah. you know, to jump into Black Series and almost immediately be hit with a new trilogy, two standalone right, films, exactly. all these new animations and trying to support everything, it's like, yeah, that's, um, 
Yep. Uh, yeah. Ewok would be great. <laughs> it's the only one I go, I know you guys can't answer, but I'm going to ask for it anyway every time. So It's good. Keep, Thank uh, you guys. Keep drilling for it and hopefully you can make it happen. Thank you guys so really much nice for taking your time. Really nice Appreciate to meet you. Yeah, Thank you, you as well. Sorry. Thank you so much.